Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We are going to just celebrate the resurrected Jesus today. That's what Easter is all about, Jesus alive, Jesus resurrected, Jesus the great grave robber. And that's what we're talking about today, about uh, several weeks ago in February, we started this series called Thieves and Robbers, and we kind of got away from that because of the chaos and, and all that's going on. But I really felt like we needed to jump back in to this series, and I thought, man, what a, what a better day to get back into it than talking about the great robber of all robbers, Jesus, the one who robbed the grave. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus robs graves. And during his ministry, Jesus actually experienced four resurrections. Four uh, different individuals are resurrected. One is a widow's son. Another one is Jairus' daughter. And then we know the great story of Lazarus. In fact, I want to I want to dig in a little bit today on the story of Lazarus. And this is found in John chapter 11. If you're following along today, you can follow along in the overflow app and the, the notes section there. You can follow along in your Bible. You can follow along here on the screen. But I want to talk about Lazarus and his story is found in John chapter 11. And it says this, that Jesus found out that his friend Lazarus got sick. And I love it that Jesus had friends outside of the disciples, outside of his core. He had this this family that he is in a relationship with. It was Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. And Lazarus got sick, and he's about to die. We know this story. But Jesus isn't worried about it. People are coming to him and they're saying, listen, Lazarus is sick. Jesus knows Lazarus is sick. Jesus knows what's going to happen. Uh, But Jesus makes this statement. It's kind of like he's saying, He's okay. He's okay. I know he's sick, but, but he's okay. He, this sickness will not end in death. It's kind of like he was saying, I know he's sick, but it's not going to kill him. And we've been told that before, right? We think we're going to die. And Jesus is making this statement, but the, but the story goes on to say that Lazarus actually dies. And Jesus know this, knows this is going to happen. And Jesus tells the disciples, hey, he's, he's fallen asleep. And they're like, well, if he sleeps, maybe he'll get better. And Jesus is like, you don't understand. He's actually dead. So they decide to go where the dead body of Lazarus is. And we see this in John chapter 11, verse 17. On his arrival, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them and the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We've, we've seen the miracles that you performed. If you would have been here, then, then Lazarus would have experienced the miracle that he needed, but you weren't here. But I know even now that God will give whatever you ask. Immediately, she's placing faith in Jesus. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Very important to Martha. Your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am. I love this. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me 
will never die. Do you believe this? So the story goes on to say that she went and she called her sister Mary. And Jesus is is experiencing this intense moment with these sisters, this intense moment of, of comforting them. And they're weeping together and they're crying. One translation actually says that Jesus was angry. So there's this, this tense moment. It says that Jesus was deeply moved. He was troubled just about the whole scenario. And many have speculated what Jesus was talking about. Was he, was he sad because of their unbelief? Was he, was he sad because it was Lazarus' friend? I don't know why he was sad, but I know that Jesus was sad. And Jesus was, was, was weeping. It actually says in verse 35 that Jesus wept. And when he did that, some Jews were there, and they were like, look how much he loved Lazarus. He, he loves Lazarus so much that even Jesus is crying that he died. And they, they said, couldn't he have, have healed him? I mean, he's healed the blind. Couldn't he have healed Lazarus? So it's this intense moment. It's a sad moment that Jesus is in. And I love that in the midst of the sadness and the mourning, Jesus is there to bring comfort. But doesn't it seem that Jesus was a little late to the party? I mean, Jesus is showing up late. Not fashionably late, like way late, days late. Dead late. But what I love about Jesus is even when it seems like he's late, he's right on time. And and I like to think of this story like those Marvel movies they make. You know, at the end of the movie, it's not the end of the movie. You actually have to sit through the credits to get to the end of the movie. And, And this is like that scenario. Jesus is there, and they think it's the end of the movie, but Jesus knows it isn't the end of the movie. He, he knows that after the credits roll, after everybody's kind of dismissed, everybody thought it's over, Jesus says, it's not over. It's not over. There's a, another scene. There's another segment to this story. But will you stay here long enough to experience the second part of the story? In John chapter 11, verse 38, the story continues. It says that Jesus was deeply moved. It was an emotional moment. Hebrews tells us that that Jesus is able to sympathize with our weakness. That he actually cares, that he's actually in it with us. And so here's Jesus deeply moved, and he comes to the tomb. I, I like to think that Jesus was walking up to the tomb and rolling up his sleeves. He's ready to go to work. It's time. It's go time. It's time to reveal the glory of God. And Jesus is about to perform a miracle. And he says this in verse 39, take away the stone. But Lord, Martha said. Now, Jesus has already been speaking to Martha about this. this she says this, by, the time, by this time, there is a bad odor. Jesus, don't get too close. Don't get too close. He's stinky. He's been in there four days. He's, he's swollen up. He's, he, he's gross. You know, it, it, you don't want to go in there. But Jesus says, roll away. This, I'm willing to go in there. He doesn't have to go in there, but he's willing. But Jesus said, did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? Martha, I just told you. Did I not just tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Even when it seems too late. Four days too late. Four weeks too late. Four years too late. Sometimes we need to get off our timeline and get on to his timeline. He is never late. 
Even in something as final as death, he is never late. Jesus shows up to a funeral and says, hold up. It's not over yet. There's another part of this story. There's a new chapter. And I would suggest this to you today, that it's not over yet. Maybe this chapter is over. Maybe this part of the story is over. Maybe this episode is over, but you're not finished. Your story continues. No matter where you're at in your life, even in death, your story continues if you're in him. The story continues in verse 41. It says, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of those standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he called out in a loud voice. It wasn't like you've seen on the poor portrayals of Jesus in these movies, Lazarus. No, it says in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, come out. Now, many have suggested that if Jesus didn't say specifically Lazarus, that you would have had all the dead people in the region awakening. That Jesus just said, come forth, come out of your grave. The dead people everywhere would have arose. But Jesus says specifically, Lazarus, come out. So that he comes out and his hands and feet are wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus says, take off the grave clothes. The old translations say, loose him and let him go. So Jesus resurrects Lazarus. And we'll hit on this story again in just a moment. Another resurrection that we see with Jesus is the resurrection of himself, his own body. Did you know that Jesus rose himself from the dead? Many say, whoa, 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 wait a second. Doesn't the Bible say that God the Father rose him? Yes, it does. It says that in in Acts chapter 2, verse 24. It says the Father rose him from the dead. Doesn't it say in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit of God went into the dead body and rose him from the dead? Yes, it does say that. So the Father raised Jesus, the Spirit raised Jesus, but also Jesus rose Jesus. This is in John chapter 2, verse 19. Jesus said, destroy this temple, speaking of himself. And he says, in three days, I will raise it back up. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I have the authority to lay my life down and to take it up. So who raised Jesus? Was it the Father? Was it the Spirit? Or was it Jesus? Yes, it was God, just like in creation, just like every move of God, the whole Trinity, the whole Godhead is engaged. God is totally in it. And this is what we see when Jesus raises himself from the dead. The entire Godhead, just like every move of God. He says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever. And I am holding the keys of death in the grave. I have authority over death. Therefore, I could not stay in the grave because I have authority over death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. This is the gospel. If you ever want to know the story of the gospel, it's right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Great explanation. This is Paul. He says, let, let me now remind you, Dear brothers and sisters, 
of the good news, the gospel that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and you still remain firm in it. This is the gospel. I'm reminding you, this is the good news that saves you. If you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed it on to you, what was the most important, and what had also been passed on to me. And here it is. Here's the gospel. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as the scriptures say, he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by the apostles. And last of all, and I love how Paul includes this. He's like, listen, we have all the evidence. We have all the evidence. We have all the eyewitnesses. He's alive. There's an empty tomb. It's all laid out. The gospel is true. But last of all, he revealed himself to me as as though I had been born at the wrong time. I also saw him. I also saw him. I also experienced the gospel. I also experienced the resurrected Christ. Have you experienced Christ alive? Christ, the hope of glory. Have you experienced the risen Jesus? Because the only way that he can resurrect you is if you experience him. So, he resurrected Lazarus. He resurrected himself. And he resurrects us. Jesus is the resurrection. And he resurrects us. And just like he said to Lazarus that day, he's saying to you today, come out. Come out of your grave. Come out of the the sticky places, the ugly places of life. Out of the place that you're in. Out of the, the place of death. Out of the place of mediocrity. Come out. Come out of your current reality and come into his. See, Jesus, what I love about Jesus is he doesn't just revive the old. When we think about resurrection, when we, th- we talk about coming out of this, this COVID thing, when we talk about coming back into our normalized, we think, I just want it to be the way it was. But that's not the way Jesus works. Jesus doesn't restore things to the way they were. Jesus restores things to better than they were. See, he doesn't revive you into your old life. He brings you into a new life. And this is what he did with us. We have to die. We have to experience a death in order to experience a rebirth. See, he doesn't revive you into your old life. He brings you into a new life. And today, he is calling you. He's calling you. He's saying, come out. Come out of your grave and come into grace. Come out of the grave and come into grace. Come into what I've set before you. Come into this new life. Come out, just like he told Lazarus. The second thing that he's saying to you today with those resurrection words are this. Remove the grave clothes. See, some of you have have come out. You've experienced the Lord. You've encountered the Lord, but you still look like death. What's holding on to you? What are you holding on to? What keeps you looking dead? What keeps you defeated? What, What is robbing you of hope? What is robbing you of joy? What is robbing you of peace? What's robbing you? Jesus wants to take off those grave clothes. And I believe today 
is the day that you're being loosed. I believe all over the world today, as the gospel's preached all over the internet, all over the world today, I believe that people are being set free. I believe grave clothes are falling off. I believe today that you, you that are watching, yes, you, that you are being loosed. You're being loosed from addictions. You're being loosed from bondage. You're being loosed from unforgiveness. You're being released from broken mindsets, from insecurities, from depression, from sickness, from emotional sickness, to physical sickness, to spiritual sickness. Jesus is setting you free today. He is getting rid of the grave in you. He's removing the stench, and he's removing the grave clothes. I love that Jesus didn't just remove death from us. He actually removed the sting of death, the power of death. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, oh, death? Where? Where is your victory? Where? Where, oh, death, is your sting? See, Jesus sees death as temporary. Jesus sees death as temporary. This is what he, what he said about Lazarus. This will not end in death. He's just sleeping. It's temporary. He's going to wake up. When I show up on the scene, he's going to wake up. See, life on earth, no matter how great it is, it's temporary. But life in Jesus is permanent. It's permanent. It's forever. It's eternal. But the problem is, is we have this issue called sin and death. And sin, Isaiah teaches us this, that sin separates us from God. Sin hinders us from experiencing the life that Jesus offers. Romans 3.23, all of sin. You say, well, I'm not a sinner. I mean, I'm, I'm not the best. I'm no Mother Teresa. No. But Mother Teresa isn't the standard. Jesus is the standard. And it says this in Romans 3.23, that all have sinned. Yes, you, me, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glorious grace. None of us are fit for the grace of God. Romans 6.23 says that, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, permanent life in Christ Jesus. See, sin is powerful. Sin is extremely powerful, but Jesus is greater. Jesus is stronger than sin. Jesus is stronger than death. I love Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his love towards us while we were sinners. While we are unfit for it, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why did Christ die? For you to rob the grave in your life. To rob the grave that you've been living in. To rob the, the holding position of life, the survival mindset. Jesus came to rob you of that and to give you something much greater. And the way you get into that Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be brought in to the life that God has promised. So today, 
I want to invite you. I want to invite you to meet the risen, real Jesus. I want to invite you to encounter not a man written in pages, not a historical figure, but a resurrected king who is madly in love with you, who wants to be in your daily life, who wants to be with you through the thick and through the thin. He wants to be with you when it's good. He wants to be with you when it's rough. Jesus wants to be with you.